Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Welcome, everyone. Wherever you're listening from, whenever you're listening from, uh, we are greatly honored by your presence. We want to give you a little something to think about during the week to challenge you, a little something to apply to make your life better, hopefully from now on. And we want to challenge you a little bit, maybe get you out of your comfort zone to uh, think or go somewhere in your mind that uh, maybe expands your horizons a bit. So let us know if uh, we can do that better. All right, this week, when your feelings don't match your circumstances, this is one of the easiest, simplest, but most powerful diagnostics of your life that I've ever come upon. Uh, When I would have clients for years and years in counseling, if I was stuck, this is kind of what I would go to every single time to get unstuck with a client. And I would just walk through situations to try and find out, okay, what situations happen in this person's life where their feelings don't match their circumstances. Uh, Let me differentiate one thing really quick and then we'll kind of get into it. I make a distinction between emotions and feelings. I believe they're two different things. Emotions are 95% tied to your current circumstances. Okay, what is going on in your life right now? Feelings are 95% tied to your unconscious, subconscious, generational issues, what ancient manuscripts would call the issues of the heart, meaning things that are not necessarily happening right now. Okay, Um, so your emotions can be one thing, and your feelings be another because of the difference in the two. One being immediate circumstances, one being kind of your internal programming. If it's 95 degrees and you're outside in the hot sun, you are going to have, if you're out there long enough, negative emotions related to being too hot. If it's 10 degrees and you're outside and you're not all bundled up, maybe don't have quite enough clothes on, you are going to have negative emotions relative to being too cold. If you are really hungry, you're going to have negative emotions related to being hungry. If you're thirsty, you're going to have, if you have a pain in your body somewhere, you're going to have negative emotions related to, okay, you get the idea? If, uh, if you lose a lot of money 
and you're concerned about going bankrupt uh, or losing your house or just losing a lot of money that you can't afford to lose. You're going to have negative emotions related to it's just one plus one equals two, okay? But the real variable is your feelings. What are your feelings going to do? Because even though your emotions, if you're hungry, say, cause uh, negative emotions about being hungry, your feelings can still be at peace because you know, okay, we're, you know, 15 minutes away from me getting something to eat. Yeah, I'm super hungry and I'm kind of having stomach cramps and stuff, but I'm going to be okay. Yeah, it's really cold outside and it's, and it's uncomfortably cold, but I just came out to get the mail and in another 30 seconds, I'll be back in the house and everything will be fine. Okay, so that same negative emotion you feel from being cold is okay because you know in 30 seconds I'll be back in the heat. If you felt exactly the same cold in exactly the same temperature, but you were miles away from anything in the middle of Alaska, and the prospects are that you're going to freeze to death, you will not be okay. Even for the next 30 seconds. Even though the cold and feeling from the cold conditions would be exactly the same because the circumstance is different, all right? But the feet, your feelings are the wild card in almost everything in your life. And because of that, they are a fantastic diagnostic, not only about how you're doing and if you're okay or not overall, but even specific areas of problems in your life. Let me give you an example. Probably for the first, oh, 30, 35 years of my life, I was an adrenaline junkie, okay? And I mean, if it, it, that I can remember vividly times in school where I was so bored out of my mind that I was literally thinking, if I don't get out of this room in the next five minutes, my head is going to explode. I'm just going to go insane. I'm just going to go crazy. I can't take it anymore. Okay? Now, I was not in any physical pain. The temperature was fine. I felt good uh, health-wise. No one was threatening me. Okay? My circumstances were fine, all right? But my feelings were off the chart negative, and it wasn't just school, okay? If I was at home by myself, or, or even if other people were at home and I didn't have anything to do, I would feel like, I'd feel that same kind of thing, like I was about to go crazy, and I would end up getting into things that I shouldn't have gotten into. My nickname was Dennis the Menace, okay? But that was why. And for 25 or 30 years of my life, I didn't understand why. How come in these situations where everyone else seems to be okay, I'm like a cat on a hot tin roof? Well, I know today, and I've known for a long time, 
When my mom became pregnant with me, she was advised by her doctor to abort me. She had severe uterine cyst to the point that the doctor said, if you have this baby, it will kill you. You will die in, uh, in childbirth. And at that time, abortion was illegal, except for situations like this. But my mom told the doctor, I would rather die than abort the baby. So for the next nine months, my mom was not only on all kinds of medications and things, but every single day she was in fight or flight stress because she was thinking, I've got nine months to live, I've got eight months to live, I've got six months to live, I've got a month to live. And cortisol and adrenaline were dripping in her all the time because she was looking death in the face. And so I was literally born almost like a crack baby, but an adrenaline baby, all right? And so for the first 25, 30 years of my life, I'm still addicted to adrenaline, not just physically, but also the feelings that go along with that. Can you imagine how she felt for that nine months? Okay, even though she wasn't dying that day, her feelings were off the charts. Sometimes uh, extreme love for me because she was giving her life for me. But at other times, Alex, this baby is killing me. All right, so from extreme to extreme to extreme. And then when I was born, for the first several decades of my life, almost everything I felt was extreme. All right. My wife, Hope, we would go to, a, and I've shared this before, uh, we would go to a party early in our marriage, one that I'd been looking forward to uh, that was no work for either one of us, just fun. Food, games, drink, people that we liked, people that we felt comfortable around, people that, you know, liked us, Okay. Hope would dread it all week, and the closer it got, the more anxious she felt to the point that when we walked in that room, she was like a cat on the roof. She was in major fight or flight. Well, why? No one was hurting us. No one was threatening us, okay? It wasn't about the current circumstances. It was her current external circumstances it was about her internal programming heart issue circumstances, which said to her that she was not safe in situations like that because if she talked to people for any length of time, they would discover that she was a bad person, which she wasn't. She never was. One of the best people I've ever known in my life. And always has been, okay? But she felt that because of emotional things that she endured growing up and in her ancestry that we now also know full well about, and she does too. So now she still feels a hint of that stuff from time to time, but it's not just what's wrong with me that I'm in this situation that most people 
not only wouldn't be afraid of, would be, but would be happy in, but I'm miserable to some degree, slightly, or I've got to get out of here. And there were times when she absolutely just had to get out of the party. We had to leave. She couldn't take it any longer. And there was a few times I left the classroom because I just had to get out of that room. I felt like I was going to die. Okay? Well, those are both kind of extreme examples. But here's the way to use this as a wonderful diagnostic. In what situations in your life that are not life-threatening do you feel something negative? Is it in social situations? Is it when you meet someone new? Is it when you're around a stranger? Is it if something doesn't go your way? Is it... Um, if you're at someone else's home or office, is it when you're around a person that you do know very well, but every time you're around that person, you, you feel something that's not positive, okay? Whatever that situation is, that is either a good situation or is kind of neutral, there's nothing significantly wrong, but you feel something significantly wrong internally, that, my friend, is where you have a heart issue. That is where you have a generational, unconscious, or subconscious memory that is fear-based, that is sending a signal to the hypothalamus in your brain and kicking you into fight or flight. And here's the thing about those things. They do not just go away. Now, over time, you can learn to cope with it better, and that's the direction that Hope and I were headed. Uh, both of us were learning to cope better. I was learning to um, put some of my adrenaline stuff to the side in order to work hard and do the things that are not necessarily fun all the time, and she was learning to cope better in social situations, uh, but... None of us were healed. None of, us, none of those situations were fixed in us. We were just kind of being able to shove them down and act normal anyway in the situations. Well, I don't want to do that my whole life. That's called coping, which means you've still got your problem, all right? So as we get older, we learn to cope, but... These issues of the heart do not just go away. They have to be healed, either by God, and that's my favorite way, 100% of the time by prayer. And I would encourage you this week, whatever issue you find with this diagnostic, where the situation where you feel something negative, even if there's not really anything that negative in your circumstances, Man, pray about that thing every day, all day, until it's healed. And I believe it will be. Pull out the tools, the healing codes, the, the master key, the healing code two, 
and work on those things, okay? You may not know exactly what the memory is. If it's something at two years old or if it's something in your ancestry, you may not know exactly what it is, but you know the diagnostic. Hey, when I'm in, um, when I'm in a uh, learning type situation, I get so antsy and bored and uncomfortable that I feel like I'm going to go crazy. Well, okay, I don't know where that's coming from maybe, but I know that much about it. So pray about that and say, okay, whatever is causing me to feel this way in the classroom or in a learning situation or in a situation that's kind of boring and there's not a lot of fun stuff happening, whatever's causing that, whether in my ancestry, whether the first five or six years of my life, whether it's a popsicle memory, if I learned or absorbed this from somebody else, wherever it's coming from, please heal this in me and let me be at peace in situations where there's not something exciting or fun happening. Or, like hopes, I don't know why, but when I'm in social situations, I feel awkward. I feel uncomfortable. I feel like I'm not safe. I feel like uh, people are going to look right through me and see that I'm not a good person or that I'm not who I appear to be or I'm trying to project myself to be or whatever. And if that comes from my ancestors and something happened in their life, if it comes from uh, something that happened in utero, like with me and my mom and her cortisol, if that comes from uh, something that, I, that was done to me, a trauma that I'm not remembering right now, please heal that. The source, the symptom, everything, and let me be at peace in social situations and be able to focus on the people in love rather than myself in fear, okay? So whatever, wherever that's coming from in you, identify that this week, okay? And I promise you it will change your life. And then after one is healed, work on another one. When that one's healed, work on another one until you look at every role you have, every situation of your life, Work, school, family, church, the club, the neighborhood, uh, you with you alone, you and God, you and your spouse, you and your children, every role, every situation of your life, and you can say, you know what? My feelings match the circumstances. If the circumstance, in fact, if the circumstances are negative, I'm still okay. If the circumstances are positive, I'm joyful and at peace. And even, uh, but, but there aren't any circumstances anymore where my feelings are negative to the circumstance, meaning there's nothing really that threatening or wrong, but I'm feeling something negative. Keep working on it until there are no more of those. If you're, and this also happens with positive feelings. If you have positive feelings, 
that don't match the circumstances, that is a wonderful indicator that your heart is full of love instead of fear. That's kind of when you know that you've really healed all that underlying junk and now your conscience, which is in your heart, is being allowed to function the way it's supposed to function as our love compass. When your unconscious is in love, your conscience will be able to work the way it's supposed to work, which I find is rare in people these days. The way most people work is in good circumstances they feel good, in bad circumstances they feel bad. In okay circumstances, they also tend to feel bad. They're looking for what might happen negatively. The thing that is very rare, but the place that you can get to from where you are, I promise, if I could get to it, you can. If Hope could get to it, you can. If my clients over the years can get there, you can. And that is when circumstances are good, you feel good. When circumstances are bad, you are still okay. So, this week, I would challenge you to use this diagnostic. What are the situations in your life when your feelings don't match your circumstances in a negative way? Start working on those underlying heart issues until your feelings match your circumstances. And even more so, when your circumstances are negative, your feelings are still okay or even positive. Very few people live their life that way. And I'm talking, I'm talking the gurus, the best-selling authors, the ministers, the I mean, the highest level people, and I know a whole bunch of those, okay? Very few of them live this way. Nine out of ten of those people, circumstances are good, they're good. Circumstances are bad, they're bad. So every day, it's okay, which way is the wind going to blow today? Let me tell you, that is not the way you want to live and you don't have to. Get up in the morning and... This is going to be a good day, regardless of the circumstances, because it's not dependent on the circumstances. I choose love now, in the present moment, no matter what my circumstances, no matter what the results are from that, and that makes every day, every hour, good.